in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear friends and dear brethren, all those who are united to us during this Holy Mass through the live stream, we are again and always united in prayer during Lent, during our journey toward Easter. Today is the 7th of March, and if you check in your missiles, you might find that it is the feast of St. Thomas Aquinas, one of uh, the greatest saints of the Holy, Holy Catholic Church, one of the, the lights of the Dominican orders, and one of the patron saints of our community, the Institute of Christ the King, Sovereign Priest. For us, it's one of the main feasts that, uh, because the 7th of March this year falls on a Sunday, we will be celebrating tomorrow. So tomorrow, dear friends, we pray to the great doctor of the church, St. Thomas Aquinas, for the world, for Ireland, for all the students, for all the priests, for all those in formation to the priesthood, and with a special intention for the current times. So difficult for all the families over the world, and especially here in Ireland, where there is this current lockdown that prevents people from attending Mass. During this Mass today, we just have a special prayer intention as well, which is a part of the aspect of family life here at the Sacred Heart Church. Let us have a special intention for Jane, who is one of the young girls who attends Mass usually with um, her family and who had um, a burst appendicit during um, night. So she, has, she was admitted to the hospital this morning here in Limerick. We pray for her. We pray for a full and a quick recovery. And again, tomorrow, a special prayer intention for our sisters. The female branch of the Institute of Christ the King will have tomorrow the great blessing of having six of their new postulants who are going to receive the religious habit in their novitiates in Naples, Italy. We pray for our sisters. We know that we owe a lot to their prayers. Let us always think, remember them, and keep them in our prayers tomorrow. On the first Sunday in Lent, we, the Gospel was speaking about our Lord fighting in the desert, our Lord being tempted, our Lord showing us how to resist temptation and to win against the evil forces. Last week on the second Sunday, we could meditate on a more joyful way, joyful manner, how the fruit of all this fight, which is the victory in heaven forever, in heaven with our Lord. This was a foretaste of heaven, the mystery of the transfiguration. But today again, the evil one has, is described in the gospel, and we are facing the reality that the evil can also win if we let him win. If we are not prudent enough, if we do not have enough recourse to the sacraments, to God's grace, we open the door to the evil one, and he can come into our house, our body, our soul, tempt us, make us fall and fall again, and eventually act in us, act in us, with us. So we must always remember this possibility, this risk, 
we must know how to discern the signs, the possible presence of the evil one within our, our life. The evil one, dear friends, is, um, could act within our premises, in our houses. He could infest the places. This is the case with infestation. We, hear, we intend, we understand a kind of a, when the evil one can make noise to scare us, can make things move in a house, he expresses his presence. Then he could, of course, the second step could be an oppression, oppression that would cause physical harms or discomfort to a person. The next step could be the obsession. An obsession would be an external influence that would affect a person's mental health, and it's how the evil one could tempt someone and tempt again with, with intense temptation. And this could eventually go with some pathologies. These are some of the signs of the possible presence of the evil one within our life. But the one that we hear in the gospel today is even more important. It's a possession. The evil one can possess someone. That means when he concentrates its activity within the human body so that the person is, in a certain sense, no longer free of his or her actions. And it's really the evil one who can act through him, through her. So we have always to remember this possibility, the thing that God might allow. And that, again, only happen if we are not prudent enough, if we have invited sin in our life, if we have not confessed our sins, if we have, for instance, especially made bad confessions throughout our lives, if lies were committed during confession for different reasons, but if abortion was committed, for instance, this is among the main sins that would certainly attract, invite the evil one in our life. So we have to know that and in order to avoid these traps. Otherwise, we could easily be like this man in the gospel who can, after a certain time, not even ask some help to his friends, who cannot even cry out for help as the evil one has silenced him. Silence is one of the weapons from the evil one. He would try to silence Christians, Catholics who want to pray. So let us say an expression of the presence of the evil one nowadays is certainly the new devils, the new law, the new restrictions that certainly prevent people from praying, praying together. The new the evil ones are certainly those restrictions that um, prevent people from kneeling down in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament, from adoring our Lord Jesus Christ, really, truly, substantially present in the Blessed Sacrament, in the real presence. The, the evil ones are certainly all those who prevent, who forbid all kind of 
public devotions. It's absolutely incredible to know that we are now experiencing this in Ireland. So let us think, unfortunately, that the evil one must be happy. He must rejoice. If we don't rejoice enough in our spiritual life, if we don't rejoice enough when we fight against him through God's grace, in this case, the evil one must be happy when he sees people in front of the church, people who have to be, to, to, people who are stuck at home in front of their screen, trying to do their best to be united to a mass which is celebrated on the other part of the world because they, are, they have no right to attend physically the holy sacrifice of the Mass. These restrictions must certainly make the evil one happy. So, dear friends, we must never capitulate. We must always, as St. Paul tells us, fight and fight again the good fight, the good fight for God, for the salvation of our souls, for the edification of our neighbors. And in the Gospel, we heard these words, the Digitus Dei, God's finger. We use our finger to point out someone, to describe something important. So what God certainly point out within our, our life, in our current times, is Lent, is your resolutions. It's now the third Sunday in Lent. And you, personally, what are your resolutions? Where are you now in the middle of Lent? And these resolutions will certainly help us to not to fall into a spiritual blindness, which makes us unable to see or to appreciate the truth and all that is good. Our resolutions, our wise resolution, will help us to prevent any spiritual deafness as well, which is the inability to hear the voice of God or again, anything that is good. And all of these good resolutions, all this good fight that we want to, to practice during Lent will also help us not to be naive, will help us not to place our hope in a possible, in the fact that, the, for instance, the lockdown will certainly keep us healthy and why not healthy forever? This is not the case. Will help us not to be naive by thinking that a vaccine could be more important than receiving the sacrament. The vaccine could be more important than the Catholic dogma. Let us never be naive, dear friends. Today is the time of not resting, but of fighting, of working. It's a time for labor. It's the time for thinking about heaven. And in heaven, and heaven can only be reached if we, are, if we drive out all the evil ones who are trying to fight against us, against our personal sanctification. And the Church gives us and renews all the weapons that we can use to fight against him. Prayer, fasting, almsgiving, practicing all the good works of mercy in a spirit of charity. 
So, dear friends, it's how we can really make a good decision, a decision for good, like the holy angels who do not change their minds, like the holy angels who, once they have decided to serve God, to adore God, to be on God's side, they will never change their mind. They will always persevere. They, let us, following their example, we should not vacillate, stop vacillating between the good and bad. We should stop, let us say, going to confession and telling the priest our sins, and at the same time, not making the good resolution to remove all the near temptations of falling into sin, the near occasion of sin. This is an important point, dear friends. Let us use this Lenten period to build up treasures of grace. Let us use this Lenten period to be stronger in our faith, in our knowledge of the Holy Catholic Church, in the knowledge of the liturgy. This will last forever. This is our treasure. This is our joy. And again, resting is reserved to eternity. Now, during Lent, is a special time to, of labor, a time to fortify ourselves with the sacraments, with sacramentals, with prayer. And this can be done regardless the restrictions. Let us always, with God's grace, root our life in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ, through God and through man, through him, through his most precious blood. We will cast out the, the devils and sins of our life and grow in holiness. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.